You're listening to Fandoms. I'm your host, Brody Otway. Join me as I interview a guest about anything from HBO to Yu-Gi-Oh! Today, we'll be talking to Calvin Smith about Yu-Gi-Oh! Welcome to the show, Calvin. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Awesome to have you. I'm excited to talk about Yu-Gi-Oh! So how did you first get into Yu-Gi-Oh? Yeah, so I started playing um, probably, I would say probably seven or eight years old. I think was probably the earliest that I remember playing it, Um, you know, back in the early 2000s. My cousins were all around the same age as me, but I was kind of the youngest of all of my cousins and like even my siblings and everything. Um, so I was kind of the youngin who didn't really understand the game mechanics or anything, but I just liked the cool cards, the way that they looked and the monsters and everything. So I just kind of collected more than anything and lost like every single duel I ever did because I didn't actually know what I was doing. Um, and I watched the anime and stuff like that, but I never read the manga. And uh, yeah, I just kind of collected for a long time. And then I stopped for, I don't know, 15, 16 years or so. And just earlier this year, and I think it was maybe May or late April, early May, um, I decided I was like, you know, I'm going to pick this up again. I need some nostalgia in my life. I want to have some fun. Um, You know, my friends play magic, but I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to, I'm going to pick up Yu-Gi-Oh! again. So that's kind of where I'm at now. That's funny. I had a pretty similar story with getting into it. I had found the cards uh, at a Toys R Us in the States when (laughs) I went there for my brother's hockey tournament. Something about that starter deck Yugi and the Dark Magician there. I was hooked. And then I came back to Canada a few weeks later. I caught the show on TV and was like, wait a second. These are the cards that I have in my room. And I ran and grabbed the deck and started being like, there's Dark Magician. There's the Feral Imp and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) I went to my first tournament because my Uncle John owned a store where they sold Yu-Gi-Oh cards eventually. And he hosted tournaments. And I slapped down a five-star monster on my first turn. And the ref was like, um, no, no, no. And the other kid did the same thing. And he's like, hey, do you guys not know how to play? And we're like, this is how they do it on the show. And so (laughs) that was kind of my introduction to the rules of Yu-Gi-Oh! And then eventually the show kind of conformed to those rules as well. Do you have a favorite monster archetype or a favorite monster in general? So lately, my my favorite archetype nowadays has been the legendary dragon archetype. And I actually just, um, I, I know you don't have cameras for, for your show, but I just got the Timaeus, the, what is it? Timaeus, the United Dragon. I ordered this online in the, uh, the ultra rare and um, this has been my favorite card for my dragon deck nowadays. Um, so that's that's probably my favorite archetype just because I like the legendary dragons because they actually kind of tie into um, the myths that Plato would write, like the philosopher Plato would write about like Atlantis and stuff like that. And Timaeus is the name of one of his stories about Atlantis and then there's Criteus and stuff like that. So I'm really into that ancient history stuff. And so I really like how this archetype ties into that very subtly. And unless you kind of know, you don't, you don't really know. Um, so I've really been tied into that. Um, but I've always liked, you know, the Black Luster archetype, super cool. Black Luster Soldier, cool. uh, Soldier of Chaos is arguably one of the most OP cards in the game, in my personal opinion. Um, still need to buy that one. But <laughs> yeah, the, the Legendary Dragon archetype has been my go-to. My favorite monster of all time, 
that's a tough one, but it it probably has to be lackluster soldier, just straight up lackluster soldier, because that again just goes back to the nostalgia thing. Back when I was a kid, I had like little action figures of lackluster soldier. And I never actually had the card Black Luster Soldier, but I had the ritual spell to summon him. So I was like, all I need is Black, you know, Black Luster Soldier and I'll be good. But I never actually got him. Even to this day, I just have the spell card to summon uh, Black Luster Soldier, but no actual Black Luster Soldier. So I'm actually working on a deck around him right now. I, I only really collect classic cards and the new additions around the classic cards because right. it's a nostalgia thing for me. But yeah, I've as far as the Atlantis stuff, I've always loved how that early Yu-Gi-Oh went into ancient Egypt and all those kind so of things. Cool. And it's just something I feel is lacking from the series today. Yeah, um, exactly. They kind of lost track of that as the series went on. That was like my favorite thing because I've always been a history nerd, especially oh, ancient Egypt. Too. And the fact that this really cool card game with really cool monsters was connected to Egypt, I was like, no brainer. You said you've never read the manga, but do you follow the anime? Yeah, so I, yeah, I never read the manga. I would really like to because I've heard that it's way better than the show as it's great. it usually is. That's just usually how it goes. Um, So I'd like to pick it up soon. But yeah, I watched the first, I watched all of like the Yu-Gi-Oh, um, you know, original series with like Yu-Gi and Kaiba and all that. Um, And then I watched a majority of GX, um, kind of the second arc to the series, but I never really got into anything past that. I kind of fell off of it. I got, I got older and just kind of fell off of Yu-Gi-Oh and stopped watching it, stopped playing it. And, uh, you know, never actually like finished watching GX, but um, I liked how, you know, GX was, you know, around elemental heroes and stuff like that. So that was like what That's I really favorite archetype. elemental heroes. Like, Oh, I love elemental heroes. I'm working on trying to collect all of them right now. I'm, I only have probably five or six of them right now, but it's a journey. That's my favorite deck that I have. Yes. I also did not finish GX. I kind of was the same way I fell off towards the end. Um, but I've never really gone back to watch any of the later things. I keep hearing 5Ds is good, but yeah, yeah, it right. feels like I'm kind of not the target demographic for the anime anymore at this point yeah, either. That is that is true. I mean, either way, I would like to watch again. I actually started watching um, the series like from episode one. Um, with my wife a little bit ago we watched the first probably five or six episodes and I don't know we just it's probably been two or three weeks since we turned it on again but we kind of started dipping back into it because like you know she notices I'm getting into it she kind of is getting into anime a little bit so she's like yeah let's just watch the show you know I've never seen it you know maybe it'll teach me how to play and stuff like that and you know it's playing the show and I'm like that's that doesn't work you can't do that legally like that's not a legal move that they're doing by the way like they're putting out five star monsters and stuff like that and I'm like yeah can't do that they need a summon <laughs> they, they or they need a tribute you know they can't do that um so it's it's a little bit it's a little bit 50 50 with the show <laughs> yeah the first the duelist kingdom arc is so does just doesn't follow the rules at all yeah. and then yeah no that that was definitely what led us to play wrong in our first tournaments it's like they didn't think that people would actually play the game or something after the show or like people wouldn't actually watch the show or something like that like something wasn't connecting i don't know what was happening there i think the rules weren't fully established when that arc was written actually because right. uh the manga started off not even about the card game it was just uh, different games every day of the week really yeah yeah i definitely recommend checking out oh, the early yeah, manga it is manga. it is dark though like it is not meant for kids that early stuff yeah i've, I've heard that it, it gets 
it gets pretty brutal in, in some parts. So I, I mean, that's my kind of, you know, manga to me. So, I mean, I definitely want to ch- check it out. <laughs> Have you ever played in any tournaments or do you just play casually? I just play casually. I would like to get into tournaments and stuff like that. Um, but as of right now, I'm still kind of getting back into it still. And I'm still learning the mechanics of the game. I picked up Master Duel on my Xbox. And so I play Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel, which, you know, is free to play. That was super, super helpful. I have a bunch of tutorials on how to play the meta nowadays. Um, and that's my thing is that I like to play kind of old school Yu-Gi-Oh! Me too. Um, I don't play super meta stuff. I mean, I play a couple link summons, you know, a couple X's summons, but you know, I don't, I don't do pendulums. Pendulums is just way too difficult for me. And it, it's, um, so I just kind of stick to the classic rules if I can. Um, so that's why I like dueling casually, like with my wife or something, we'll just, you know, I have a couple decks, so I'll just let her borrow one and, you know, we'll hash it out for a little bit. I like games that can go on for like sometimes 20 or 30 turns rather than, you know, first turn or second turn wins. It's just, it ruins the fun for me. You know, like let's, let's drag it out. Let's, let's mess with each other a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, I know what you mean. I spent all this money building this blue eyes deck and it just, it's not fun for me to play because any of my other decks, it's like one to two turn KO and. Exactly. So have you played any other video games other than Master Duel? And uh, what did you think of them? Yeah, so um, I did play uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links on my phone. I played that for a little while, like maybe a year or two ago, right when it first came out, which was, I think, about two years ago. Um, I started playing it because I was thinking about getting into Yu-Gi-Oh! And I don't know, it just wasn't vibing with me on my phone. So I just put it down. Um, and I have very vivid memories of when I was a kid. I had this, um, it was a Game Boy game. This is for the Game Boy. I cannot remember what it was called, um, but I would pay just about any amount of money to have this game back again because I had so much fun on this little dumb Game Boy game of Yu-Gi-Oh! Just battling total AI characters for hours because I remember like at that time my my parents were looking for a new house and so I was just kind of was sitting in the back seat with them while we were you know going to different relitters and stuff like that touring houses while they were looking at the houses I had my face down in my Yu-Gi-Oh game um so I just have very vivid memories of playing that game I need to figure out what it was but I and I have no idea where that game went to this day so I'm guessing you prefer owning the physical cards over playing Master Duel in the games? Oh, all day. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love having the physical cards. I think it's more of a challenge. Um, you know, on Master Duel, it's pay to win type of thing. You can pay for any card that you want on there. As opposed to the physical cards, it's luck of the draw. You know, you buy the pack and you hope that you get the cards that you want. Or you can buy structure decks that you know what cards are in there. Um, which I bought the Crystal Dragon structure deck when I decided I was going to start playing Yu-Gi-Oh! again. Because it had like Ash Blossom in there, which is a cool hand trap. Um, I had the, you know, the Crystal Dragon archetype, which is really strong. It's a really long-winded combo, but if you can do it, it's basically an auto win. I think that I like having the physical cards because it's more of a challenge to me and it's more of, you know, it's not as much pay to win. You know, I I don't have hundreds of dollars thrown on Yu-Gi-Oh cards. I'm spending like $1.99 on a pack of cards and then trying to build a deck around what I get. So physical cards all day. Plus they're, they're valuable. You can trade them in, you can, you know, sell them, make some profit. Definitely. What do you feel about the constantly changing meta in it? How they, every time a new series releases, they seem to add new archetypes like pendulums, Xyz, link monsters. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I do think that it's good for the game, you know, to be fair. Um, It's a lot to take in. It's a lot of changes, you know, not playing for 15, 16 years and then coming back into it. Like literally the last thing I remember being added was, hmm, I don't even remember. I think it was like, yeah, it was about the time of like Elemental Heroes, about the time that I stopped playing. So like whatever was going on at that time 
that's the last I remember. So like XEs wasn't a thing. Synchro wasn't a thing. Pendulum, Link. I started playing again and I was like, what the f is going on? Like, what is all of this stuff? Like, I don't think I can do this. So again, I think Master Duel for kind of walking me through all of that. Um, but it took me a couple of weeks, like all day, every day, studying this freaking game to figure out how to play it again. I think it, it's worth it because it adds a lot more depth to it. It's a lot more different ways to play as opposed to simple beating your opponent down with, you know, your strongest monster. You can win simply by laying down trap cards or only laying down spell cards. Like there's so many different ways to play now. I think it's really interesting in the combos that you can pull off. Now where I would kind of draw the line is hand traps. The the latest edition of like hand traps, like Ash Blossom and yes. uh, Max C and stuff like that. Those are ripoffs, in my opinion. Um, you know, being able to like cancel out people's card effects from your hand, like that's basically unspoken of in the po or in I almost said Pokemon card game because I play Pokemon too. Um, but it's almost unspoken of in the Yu-Gi-Oh world up until like Ash Blossom and um stuff came out. So hand traps, not a huge fan of. I feel like we could definitely do without them. And luckily, I don't. I don't think a lot of them are are legal in tournaments. I could be wrong. I'm not super, super versed on, you know, the ban lists and stuff like that. I don't know. I do know that Ash Blossom isn't banned as far as tournaments go yet, but I feel like it it has one coming because <laughs> it's a little bit cheap in my end. What about beat and rush duels? Uh, how do they differ from the normal game? And have you played them? Do you prefer them at all? I've never played rush duel. Um, I've kind of, kind of played like a, a mock speed duel type of thing. So the differences between like speed duel and like a regular Yu-Gi-Oh match would be like a speed duel maximum. I think it's uh, four monsters on the field. If I'm not mistaken, it's three or four monsters on the field, three or four trap cards on the field. And in your hand, you only have four cards instead of five cards. And um, each player starts off with four cards, if I'm not mistaken. And so it kind of limits your, your oh, and everyone starts off with only 4,000 life points instead of 8,000 life points. So it's halved. Um, so it's kind of to make it shorter, sweeter battles, a little bit more focused on battle damage rather than, you know, summons and, and stuff like that, because you don't have as many monsters or spells that you can play on the field to do those types of summons. Monsters that require, you know, five summons, darn near impossible to do, you know, in Rush Duel. Not to say it isn't, because, I mean, there are cards that could say, oh, you know, its effect means that this card is two summons or two tributes. Uh, tributes. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not to say that it's impossible to do, but it's it's a lot harder to do in those formats. Um, so if you're looking for like a short, sweet duel, more closer closer to classic Yu-Gi-Oh, I think speed duel would be the better way to go. Rush duel is like basically burn out your cards as fast as you can type of thing. You guys are constantly drawing cards. Chains don't exist. You can't chain effects or anything like that. It's just simple, you know, play and resolve type of play. It's a lot faster format. So it's like there's regular Yu-Gi-Oh duels. And then if you want to go a little bit quicker, a little bit closer to classic, you could go for speed duels. And then if you just want to like see how fast you can knock out your opponent, and also play classic Yu-Gi-Oh at the same time, then you go to Rush Duel. And so like, I've never played Rush Duel before because that's like super fast format. I think that they're supposed to have upwards of like 60 cards because you're just drawing constantly. Everyone has to constantly be drawing cards. Um, so it's like Yu-Gi-Oh for people with ADHD. Yeah, literally. Um, so <laughs> it's like ADHD duel. Um, so it's, it's not really for me. I like speed duel. Like when I'm playing with my wife or something, when she just doesn't understand the mechanics of it, but she still wants to play. Um, we can do kind of like a mock speed duel type of thing with a couple 
couple tweaks to the system and, uh, you know, still have a fun time and, you know, she's still learning and I'm still, you know, having fun myself while still teaching someone. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's, there's a format out there for everybody. That's very cool. It's great that they've adapted the game in that way. Yeah. What obstacles, if any, exist for somebody trying to get into Yu-Gi-Oh in this day and age? So I think it would be one, just learning the meta, just first and foremost, just learning you know, how meta plays players work, you know, what cards are considered good or bad in like a tournament format. Um, and another thing is reading the dang cards. I mean, look at the amount of text that is on these cards. I mean, it's, it's absurd. It has um, gotten ridiculous. I literally cannot read them half the time. If my literally. eyes are tired or anything, they'll start to bug out and stuff with how small that writing. Can exactly. Get. I cannot tell you how many times I have lost a duel just because I, I didn't read the card enough or understand the card enough. Like I read it and I'm like, yeah, cool. Play that card. And then I play it. And then it's like, wait, hang on. Nope. Oh, nope. I just accidentally gave this card to my, to my enemy because I didn't understand the the mechanics of it or something. And so it's, it's totally happened before. I'm pretty sure it happens to every single person. So that would be another thing is just reading and understanding the, the terminology that's on the card, because that's the thing is that not only is it a lot of text on the cards, but it's very vague and like not super clear. They use a lot of abbreviations and punctuations and like all the punctuations means different things. And it's like super complicated to understand. So one, make sure you're reading your cards to understand the meta. And um, that those are probably the biggest two obstacles I would say is, is, is learning what cards are good and bad nowadays. Cause like you look at someone trying to play like, I love playing with Dino Wrestlers, but Dino Wrestlers at the time would be considered a great archetype when it first came out. Nowadays, it's looked at as being total garbage archetype. And so, and I mean, it's understandable because like I try to play with like a Dino Wrestler deck now, um, both physical and on Master Duel, and it never works out. I have a fun time doing it. And I, I you know, it's a long-winded combos and a lot of fun, but you're still going to lose. <laughs> so they're not necessarily considered good cards anymore. So that's, that's kind of the hard thing is that like when I, you know, started playing again, all of these beloved cards that I held on to so closely and that I, you know, really was, you know, feeling the nostalgia on, they're not even good cards anymore. Not even worth, you know, even buying because it'll just be an automatic loss for me nowadays. So that's another thing. <laughs> if you could have any card that you don't have right now, would it be the Blackluster Soldier or is there something you would choose other than him? So the card that I would want, if I could have any card in this moment right now, would, oof, it's a tough one. Because, like, I'm thinking about, like, my first go-to is Blackluster Soldier, Soldier of Chaos. Because, one, I, I think he's super cool. I think the design is really cool. Really OP monster. Um, it's a Link Summon, too. Um, so it's really, as long as you have three different monsters of different names on the field, you can link summon him. Boom, right there. So you just need to get three different monsters out on the field. And you have a 3,000 attack link monster that can't be attacked by spells or, you know, anything like that. It's super OP. Um, so my first thought is him. But then I'm like, hmm, I have Slifer the Sky Dragon and Obelisk the Tormentor, two of the three Egyptian god cards, but I don't have Ra. Um the my favorite Egyptian god card. So I'm like, hmm, would I want Ra, the the last Egyptian god card, so that I can have the whole, the whole collection? I don't play with them. I just kind of have them just to hang on to. Do you want and one? Then if like, you give me your mailing address, I can send you a Ra. I've got two. I'm going to talk to you after the show. But <laughs> um, also, 
I'm like, I'm trying to get all the pieces of Exodia too, because I have like the head of Exodia and the prismatic ultra rare that I got in the 25th um, anniversary tin. Um, it came just open up the box, came with a prismatic ultra rare of, of Obel- or um, Exodia. Exodia. And uh, then I have his, have his left leg. And I think I have his right arm, if I'm not mistaken. So I want all the other pieces just for the sake of having Exodia and uh you know what i want to do is i want to frame all of them is my thing it's like i want to get all i want to get all the egyptian god cards and i will get it all of exodia and uh, even exodia like necros or something is is like kind of pseudo form um and get all of those in like a frame because i'm a nerd like that so that would be so um, cool yeah so it's like i can't really decide what card i would want there's like three or four different ones and i'm like oof, it's tough have you ever had any negative experiences with any other Yu-Gi-Oh fans <laughs> So not really like in person, no. Um, there's been some beef with people like over the internet and just like in the general community of Yu-Gi-Oh. So I tried out like Magic the Gathering, right? And and I ended up leaving the Magic the Gathering community because of honestly how toxic it was. Like honestly, everyone I met who played Magic is just so mean about it. <laughs> I was like, I don't even see the fun in this. And so then I was like, I'm just going to go back to Yu-Gi-Oh! Because like, I don't I don't feel the vibes here. And then I picked up Pokemon too, because it's just children that play that. So it's like, how mean can they be, right? Over the internet, yes. Um, there, there's been people that are, you know, kind of take it a little bit too seriously. Like my guy, it's, it's, it's a piece of cardboard with some ink on it. Like take a chill pill. I get it. If I guess if you're trying to like enter and you know, world championships and win like tens of thousands of dollars, like, cool, maybe you should take that a little bit more seriously. But like, I'm not trying to do that, nor will I ever want to try to do that. And like, people sometimes don't take too kindly to that. Like, I don't know, people just don't like the just plain casual players, the classic Yu-Gi-Oh players were looked at as being like old people or were looked at as being not good players, like, because we don't want to play the meta because we don't play the meta, we can't play the meta is essentially their argument. And it's like, no, I definitely can spend a million dollars and buy the Kashtira archetype all together and, you know, wreck you in two turns. Absolutely, I could do that. But where's the fun in that? Like, I'm not playing Yu-Gi-Oh! to do that. Like, I'm, I'm literally playing it just to have fun, just to have a little bit of nostalgia, pastime. I guess my message would be like to just like chill out. It's just a piece of cardboard, you know? I agree <laughs> Collect with your cards, you 200%. You know, do your own thing. You know, just let people enjoy Yu-Gi-Oh! the way that they want to enjoy Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah, I agree with you. I find with most things, when people try and push their competitiveness onto you and you just want to do it for fun, it it can ruin the entire experience. Yeah, absolutely. So what is your absolute favorite thing about being a Yu-Gi-Oh! fan? So... (laughs) Honestly, there are so many, I guess you could say like memes or inside jokes that like really you just, you wouldn't get unless you know Yu-Gi-Oh. Like, and my wife is showing me like, she just showed me this post today, like that of this meme, um, something with SpongeBob and uh, it was like connected to Yu-Gi-Oh. And like, if she didn't know that that was like a Yu-Gi-Oh reference, like she came to show me, she's like, hey, you know, this is funny. And I'm like, wow, that actually is. She wouldn't know that that was Yu-Gi-Oh if it wasn't for me. Um. And like, there's just a lot of memes. Like I created my own little Facebook group for here in Southeast Michigan, um, just for people around Michigan, um, specifically around Metro Detroit that want to meet up and, you know, trade or whatever. Um, no, no sales or anything. It's just hanging out, playing Yu-Gi-Oh! And yeah, it's just like the memes. Like there's, you can make a lot of memes about like, 
you know, because I'm an atheist activist and as a like side thing. Um, so I kind of Christianity and like the Bible uh, gravitates a lot around like Egypt and stuff like that. You can actually connect to Yu-Gi-Oh to like the Christianity, make a kind of couple funny little jokes with that. You know? <laughs> so I, I think it's funny that I can kind of connect to like my kind of side job to my hobby type of thing. I, I just think that it's a lot of fun and that, you know, people really enjoy themselves. Like I want to get one of those dual discs that like go on your arm and, you know, you can play. I used to have one of those as a kid I and I do. don't know what happened to it. I'm so <laughs> mad. I don't know where it is, but I want to buy one because I think they sell them at like Walmart now again. So I I kind of want to go to Walmart, just buy one for myself, look like a dweeb. But yeah, it's, I think it's just like the community aspect. Everyone like kind of has their own thing around it. You know, some people play it just to collect. Some people just collect cards. They don't play. I actually hang out with a couple people who have thousands and thousands of cards and never played a single one of them. They just sit there on their desk, you know. But um, I have other people that they only collect the cards that they play with they won't collect spare cards because they don't have the space for them so they only have cards that they play with so i think it's just a wide range of people you know anyone can play it in any or, or participate in it in any way that they want to same as you know magic or pokemon just like there's so many different ways to celebrate pokemon i mean it's got video games tv shows card games etc just like Yu-Gi-Oh does um so i think it's cool that there's kind of this little little side thing that you can do with Yu-Gi-Oh! It doesn't necessarily have to be strictly playing the card game. Definitely yeah. agree. It's very versatile, whether you're a collector, player, whether you're into it as a nostalgic person or just getting into it now. We're going to start wrapping up here with my last question. Have you ever seen Yu-Gi-Oh! The Abridged Series? I have not. I have not seen The Abridged Series. I've, I've heard of it. And, and I've seen bits and pieces, but I've never actually taken the time to to see it, I guess you could say. But it's it's on my list of things. Like, I have so much catching up, even still with Yu-Gi-Oh! to do. Like, again, I started back again in, like, late April, early May, I would say, is when I decided. And then it was, like, mid-May that I bought the Crystal Dragon Structure deck. I was just at Target and was like, you know what? Screw it. I was with my wife, and I was like, is it okay if I buy this? And she was like, uh... Yeah, I guess if you want, and I'm so excited about it. Um, so it's like I still have so much to learn, so much to take back in from what I've missed over the past like decade and a half of me not playing. Um, I have quite a bit of catching up to do. <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks a lot for coming on, Calvin. Um, is there anything you wanted to plug or promote before we wrap up here? Um, yeah, no, I mean, I guess um, if people are hanging out in Southeast Michigan listening to this. Um, my, uh, I have a group for duelists in Southeast Michigan. It's called Southeast Michigan Yu-Gi-Oh! Duelists. Um, so you can go on Facebook, check that out. We have, I don't know, 30, 40 members over there, including myself that are just looking to hang out. We don't, you know, allow posts of selling or buying or anything like that. Strictly just hanging out with people. Um, uh, as I mentioned before, I'm an activist. So, I mean, I have my own plugins. You can look up Unquestionable Calvin on like TikTok or Facebook, Instagram, et cetera. And, you know, I'm pretty much all over there doing activism for, you know, secular communities. I'm a volunteer for the Secular Alliance of Michigan and Michigan Atheists here in, a, you know, Southeast Michigan. And um, yeah, I don't know. I like to play with pets. I, I work in a pet store. So I, I don't know. I know a lot of stuff about animals. So if anyone ever wants to talk about animals, hit me up. And I don't know. I can give you my two cents on on how to take care of your animals. Well, thanks again for coming on, Calvin. It's been a blast talking Yu-Gi-Oh! with you. If there's anything you'd want to talk about in the future, I'd love to have you back. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks a bunch for tuning in. If you'd like to be a guest yourself, want to see a list of upcoming episodes, give feedback, or suggest questions, Join us on Discord or reach out to us on Twitter. 
You can also reach us at email at pod.fandoms at gmail.com. And if you could give us five stars on your podcast app of choice, we'd really appreciate it as it helps us get new lovely listeners like yourself. Thank you.